Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome into the Nightcap here on WGR. Happy Football Victory Monday as the Buffalo Bills take down the Miami Dolphins 32-29 in what was a phenomenal game on Saturday night, followed by a pretty darn good window on Sunday. We'll talk a lot of Bills, Sabres tonight. Of course, they're a little bit, it's, it's Sabres after dark. They're taking on the Las Vegas Golden Knights at 10. Pre-game starts at 9. We'll talk the NFL window from Saturday and Sunday. We'll talk MVP conversation as Allen worked his way back in. We'll talk Jalen Hurts' injury. We'll look a little bit at the New York Times playoff machine as well, get some percentages. Um, It's going to be a good night. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling, I'm feeling fresh because the Bills, to me, on Saturday night, looked as good as they could have against a division rival. Yes, they gave up a lot of yards rushing. Miami's going to show up too. Miami's playoff hopes are now on a thin margin. They have got to have a lot go well now for them to comfortably get in, for them to not have to play their starters the rest of the way. They're not thinking AFC East anymore. They're not thinking one seed. They are thinking, oh crap, just get into the playoffs. So yeah, giving up you know over a hundred yards to Raheem Mozart in like the first quarter, not great. But they are going to show up too. This is a huge game for them, or this was a huge game for them. But thirty-two twenty-nine, the Buffalo Bills not escape with a win. They just they look good. The offense looked really, really good. Allen to me looked fully healthy, something he hasn't had, I guess, the luxury of being in maybe a month and a half. He was making throws that I really hadn't seen him make in quite a few weeks against a defense that is not very good. But it's good to see him put up a stat line of 300 yards passing, four touchdowns, and almost 80 yards rushing. It's good to see that again. Because that's what we expected a little bit out of Allen. And then he gets hurt, and it kind of it takes a bit of a step back. It's not like Allen was playing garbage. It wasn't like, ooh, Case Keenan would be the better option here. But it's just nice to see Allen back to his MVP form. And I think it did get to a point where we can have a discussion about who should be the NFL's MVP, which is becoming even more of a potential conversation to have because Jalen Hurts likely will be sidelined for the next two games. Reports are coming out. He's got a sprained non-throwing shoulder. His status for Saturday's game against the Cowboys is in doubt, likely won't play. It's not considered long-term, but probably the next two games. Is this another Eagles quarterback that is going to miss out on the MVP 
because he gets injured at the end of the season. Carson Wentz in 2017, 33 touchdowns, 7 picks, tears his ACL against the Los Angeles Rams, and that's all she wrote. Tom Brady walks away with the MVP three weeks later because he was able to put on a really good run at the end of the year, and Wentz just was not able to capitalize. He was not able to keep going punch for punch. Now this year, it's it felt like, it's not felt like, it, it has been Hurts in the NFC and then a few AFC quarterbacks here and there. The the, it, the the MVP race has switched between a number of guys. Initially, Allen felt like the runaway. He felt like the guy that was just, he was clearly going to take it. He was on fire. Then he gets hurt. And then Tua and Mahomes and Burrow, they start to really, really climb. They start to put on great performance after great performance. Now Tua for three straight weeks really has not done much at all. And then Allen now in bad conditions... Kevin Games moved, has kept winning and winning and winning. They're five wins in a row. They're now the one seed two weeks in a row. And then this Saturday, where in, I don't want to say a classic game, but it's definitely going to be one of those that number one Bills fans will remember, Miami Dolphins fans will remember, but really the NFL will as well, because in the fourth quarter when that snow started coming, it did feel like a bit of a storybook. It felt like, oh, that's exactly how it's supposed to happen, that they're tied 29-29 and the snow starts to fall. And Allen... It was, an, it was an ebb and flow game. I think it's why I enjoyed watching it so much is that it just it kept going back and forth, back and forth. The Bills at one point take a 21-13 to 13 lead as they're going into halftime. Allen and McDermott have both talked about that play of it was, it, was a, it was the definition of a no, 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 yes, oh my God. It was exactly that play. He, he, he had three or four seconds left on the clock. He starts scrambling around, which was mind-numbing. And then James Cook just made, uh, makes a really heads-up play of coming back to the ball, getting himself open. Allen fires it in. Cook catches the ball. Touchdown. It's the absolute no-no yes play. That's exactly what it was. And it winds up being monumental. It winds up being huge. I thought going into halftime, they're going to double dip. The, the, the Dolphins' defense up to that point was unable to do anything. Allen in the passing attack for the first time in weeks felt like they were untouchable. They were just moving the ball down the field at will. Allen looked dialed in. Even his incompletions were dimes. It was phenomenal. And then they come out and they go three and out. And then Jalen Waddell has a huge touchdown, almost 70 yards. And then Tyree Kill himself has another touchdown. And out of nowhere, the third quarter from hell ends and the Bills are down 26-21. And then Allen fumbles in the fourth quarter. Big sack from behind. Ball comes out 29-21. And it did have this feeling of the wheels have come off. They're going to lose this game somehow, some way, in the cold. The Miami Dolphins are going to go down to Buffalo. And to a certain extent, you can make the argument outworked them, especially in the trenches with the run game of the Miami Dolphins. The Bills' defensive line was just getting thrown around. Holes were opening up as wide as you've seen from this Bills' defensive line all year. And then... Allen to Knox leads another drive. And then just the drive that seemingly just took all the time off the clock. The Bills get the ball with 5.56 left in the fourth. The Dolphins never touch the ball again. That is an MVP drive. That is exactly what you want from the most valuable player in the NFL to do. Is to drain every second of the clock. Convert huge second and third downs. And just whittle the confidence, the the steam, everything out of the opposing team until there's triple zeros on the clock and you've won. I'm somebody I didn't love the whole take kick a field goal. 
I, I will be completely open about it. In the moment, I was like, ooh, I would just like to, let's try to score, and if we don't, let's kick a field goal. Singletary, of course, it, it was it was the identical play to the Baltimore Ravens game, which was, looks like he's going to score, he falls down, could potentially argue Miami's going to let him score. Very heads up from him to allow that to happen. Two times this year where very, very heads up play by Singletary to just go down, we'll kick the game-winning field all. It shows a ton of trust in Tyler Bass as well. Both those games, conditions weren't great. Baltimore, rain, wind, ugly game. They trust him, of course. It's you know not a chip shot, but it's as close as it's going to get. And then this past Saturday where the snow is coming down, players have to clear a spot for Bass to kick it. He nails it. Time off the clock. And now, something that I didn't, you know, I knew going into the game that there were win, they were in the playoffs, but it wasn't really on my mind. I didn't necessarily care about that because for me, the playoffs were a foregone conclusion. I was caring about the one seed. But it was really cool that to hear the Bills now, five of the last six years, four straight, they've made the playoffs. And for people closer to my age, into you know, into their early 30s as well, our entire football memories are the drought and being in the hunt. And we saw, and you know, it'd be week nine or 10, and we'd see the Bills in the hunt. And, we, you know, both, you know, fists would go in the air and we're like, oh, we're almost there, baby. We almost got it. We were not used to this whole, you know, in, in the hunts for other teams. It's not for the Buffalo Bills. For me, I'm, I'm getting used to that now, probably over the last two or three years of getting used to the fact that this team is a machine. They're a very, very well run program. In the NFL, they probably now should be routinely in the playoffs. Even if Allen has maybe a subpar year, there's a few injuries, there probably should be a playoff team. They're run that well. They have guys routinely just come into the program and and produce and play well. But it was cool to kind of just like you know remember that not that long ago, in the hunt was the coolest thing you were going to see in November or December. Because most seasons it was ah oh, we're already dead. Let's let's look for the draft pick. Let's throw up some mock drafts. Let's do this. Let's do that. That's how I got so big into the draft. Was the Bills were out of it usually by November? Why would I care about then? You know, December and January football. Let's just let's get to April, baby. Let's do that. Let's 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 watch some college tape. I'm st- I'm still a draft junkie, but now for me it's kind of like all right. It's got to wait till you know end of January, early February before I really dive in. Which you know, as a recently college graduate, procrastinating is kind of a natural art that you know college students pick up, early twenties pick up. So I'm okay with it. But five of the last six years, four straight playoff appearances. The Bills now, like I mean, there, you won't find a single NFL fan now that just looks at the Bills and goes, "Ah, I don't take them that seriously." You may get a few that will look and say the Bills will screw it up at the end. They always do, but you'll never have people really that bring up the drought, except if they're salty Patriots fans, which we'll get to them, or you know, really AFC East rivals. Now everyone else is kind of like, "All right, no, they're respected. They just th- this is what they do." They struggled, and they're eleven and three, and they're essentially one win away from locking up the one seed, and that being the Cincinnati game in two weeks. They have the Chicago Bears on Christmas Eve this upcoming Saturday, which looks to be another weather phenomenon. Love to see that. Honestly, my favorite thing in the world. I'm, I'm joking when I say that I can't stand these weather games. I thought I thought I was dealing with it well. I'm not. I don't want them. I don't. I don't need them. We we can we can move on from that, but the Bears should be a win. I think mean, that that should be a win. They gave the Philadelphia Eagles a scare. Justin Fields to me 
I, I and I, I won't necessarily fight people on this if if they don't agree with this point. But Justin Fields to me is a star in the NFL. He made the Chicago Bears go from a painful existence on primetime football, which they were going to be because they're in the Chicago market for the Bears. They're a known organization. I get it. But he made them go from last year where it was it felt like a punishment to NFL fans like, no, no, guys, you, you did a bad. You, now you have to watch the Chicago Bears play football. It went from that to now, you know, the Bills were off Sunday. I made sure I was watching Eagles-Bears because I'm like, I want to see what Justin Fields does. I, I, I want to see what he's going to do. He's the third quarterback in NFL history to run for 1,000 yards with Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick being the other two. And he is just, he's electric as hell. I, like, I cannot wait. Because they're an NFC team, like, I, like I'm, I'm more excited for them. Like, we'll talk about the Jaguars as well because of their huge comeback against Dallas. Jacksonville, I almost have this apprehension, apprehension to be excited because I'm like, ooh, I don't want you guys to be that good, though. Like, I don't. You guys still need to be below Buffalo. I already got to deal with Cincinnati, with Kansas City, I, with Baltimore, with a healthy, healthy Lamar. I don't, I don't need another one. In the NFC, I'm just like all in. I'm like, I, I, I can't wait to see what the Bears do. I've loved Justin Fields since really he was in high school because of a Netflix documentary that he was a part of. And now to see Chicago for the first time in their team's storied history, they finally have a quarterback. And it's kind of cool. There's like three other teams in NFL history that can say like they've never really had a great quarterback or haven't had one since the 40s. Chicago would be one of them. So I'm like, that's kind of cool. And then Fields is just, he is, he is, he's amazing. He's amazing to watch. There are four or five guys in the league that I I feel like when I watch them every week, I'm just, I'm waiting for something to happen that's exciting. I'm just, I'm sitting there always watching because it's like they're going to do something insane. Fields. On Sunday, it was the almost sack into a scramble, into almost a touchdown, but he stepped out at the nine-yard line. But it was just, your your jaw was on the floor the whole time. Lamar Jackson is this as well. His his playoff run against Tennessee where he, he does a little spin and he, and he goes, I, th- I want to say like 60 yards. I might be being aggressive when I say that. I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. But just his breakaway speed is unbelievable. And then you go to players like Allen and Mahomes where it's just the throws that they make or the hurdles that Allen does, and you're just sitting there like, I I don't know if there's any quarterback in NFL history before these guys that did things like this. I had that conversation with my dad and my brother on Sunday. We were all watching football together. And we come from a very loud Italian family. So we're not yelling at each other, but we're essentially yelling at each other. And it did become this whole, you know, what what quarterbacks honestly made you just sit there and go, there's no one else that can do that. For me, Dan Marino fits on that list. Marino in 84 changed the way the position was viewed. It was not, you know, you have to have a great running back and, and, you know, quarterback doesn't make all these plays. 48 touchdowns stood until 2004. So from 84 to 04, he held the record for most passing touchdowns in the season. Since 04, it's been broken three other times. Or at least, you know, the 48 touchdowns has been broken, you know, three other times. The record's only been broken twice. Mahomes only hit 50, not 55, like Manning did a few years prior to that. But regardless, so in 20 years, it's only done one more time by the guy that breaks the record, Peyton Manning with 49. Following that record, in far less time, it has hit three more times. Marino was on a different breed during his era with great quarterbacks, Elway, Warren Moon, Jim Kelly. Randall Cunningham might even put in there if he had an offensive coach. I think he would have been exceptional, but he got stuck with Buddy Ryan. 
but you watch some of these quarterbacks play in the NFL today, and it's just like you you have to have a playmaker now at the quarterback position. And that's where me watching Miami, my big takeaways, flat out number one, I think Mike McDaniel is going to be a huge problem for the Bills for the next 10 years. I think he is going to be a huge problem. And I think he has done enough to show that even if Tua doesn't maybe work out or they want to move on, you should absolutely keep Mike McDaniels for the next guy. You should absolutely, and you'd be foolish not to. To me, he is as close to an offensive genius as you're going to get. I put him, in terms of the offensive play calling, in the same stratosphere as guys like Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. Just the things he's able to do to just frustrate the hell out of you. The Bills knew coming into this game, potential weather, they're going to run the ball a lot. It didn't matter. McDaniels had those run concepts schemed up so well that they that they were going to be able to at least do that. Because I think they also knew the limitations of Tua's arm, that they probably weren't going to be able to throw a lot on that given day. And then you add the speed and the game-breaking ability of guys like Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. And it's just, I left that game exhausted as a Bills fan because it was just like... Th- the days of walking over Miami, of, of Allen just laying them down and just beating them to a pummel are over. He is not going to have these AFC Player of the Week games and like 48 to 10 wins every every week that he plays the Dolphins. It's, that's over with. That is completely over with. The rivalry is back. The Dolphins are a threat. Tua is good enough to get the job done. But like I said with you know Marino and then the four quarterbacks I talked about previously, he is not a game breaker. He is not an he is not a playmaker at the quarterback position. He is what you wanted in the eighties with a West Coast offense of just be very precise with the ball, be very accurate, get it out quick, make your reads, and that's and it's you still have to be elite at those traits. I think Tua is phenomenal at accuracy at the quarterback position. He is so accurate it is painful but when you do get those deeper routes when he has to put both cheeks into it to throw his accuracy takes a hit because he just does not have the arm to do it but he has the receivers to make up for it Tua is good enough to get the job done but I wonder in the NFL now in today's NFL how far is that going to take him when he's in the same conference with guys like Mahomes and Allen And Herbert, who just beat him as well, with Lamar Jackson, with Burrow, with Trevor Lawrence making that next step. And likely, we're going to get more guys coming into the AFC, almost definitely. The NFC's not now just going to take a ton of these quarterbacks away. But you look to next year's draft. Let's not even talk about this year's draft. This year, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, in in quotations, Will Levis, I guess. But next year. Caleb Williams, 47 touchdowns as a sophomore at USC. Breaks their all-time record for touchdowns by a quarterback. Wins the Heisman Trophy. And then Drake May, 6'5", runs like a horse, and has got a bazooka for an arm. Sophomore. Neither of the two best quarterbacks in college football this year were eligible for the draft. And there's likely going to be a team of Indianapolis... New England, Pittsburgh maybe even, Tennessee, 
some of these teams in the AFC are going to now be looking for a quarterback again. Maybe the Jets. Maybe they get a little wily. And after maybe finishing with six, seven wins next year, decide, nope, we're trading up to the second overall pick. We're just gonna we're gonna lay waste to our farm to get up there and get this guy. Like the Eagles did with Wentz back in 2016. And you're gonna be sitting there with Miami with Tua going, he's technically good enough. Like guys like Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco for years. Matt Ryan may be the best example of that, of uh, on your day, on your year, they can maybe even win an MVP. But we all look at Matt Ryan's MVP year. There's there's one thing that was there that was not the years prior or the years after. Kyle Shannon is an offense coordinator. Matt Ryan's MVP year is deceptively good compared to the rest of his career. 35 touchdowns, 7 picks, I think the best passer rating in football, over 4,000 yards. Tua is just good enough to get the job done. But in today's NFL... I am just not sure if he's going to be able to push that team to the next level. When I watch teams like the Chiefs and the Bills and the Bengals and the Chargers and the Baltimore Ravens, I routinely see said quarterbacks push, not necessarily inferior teams, but a team who's maybe not having their best day or they're having a stretch where they're not playing their best football. Routinely will them to more wins. The Bills recently just went through this. Maybe they're coming out of it. I think they are based off this offensive performance. But they're on a five-game win streak. And for three of those games, Bills fans were not happy. There was a lot of Bills fans complaining about the offense, complaining about the creativity of the playbook. There's, you know, Allen's not throwing anybody else. It's just Diggs. That's all he's got. But they were still willing themselves to win. Allen's legs, him making plays on third down. I have my issues with Ken Dorsey at offensive coordinator. I think he isn't creative enough. I think it's ridiculous that the team decided, and it's and now it's becoming true. I was not against it initially, but there were fears. But now it, it is becoming glaringly an issue that he's never called plays before. He doesn't understand the flow of it. But the Bills were still able to will themselves to win. Allen is a quarterback who can vault the team over its issues not being held back by them. Mahomes, they have had a number of games where they are just like, what are you doing? Malik Willis leading the Tennessee Titans to overtime against the Chiefs in Arrowhead. And then this past game, Davis Mills, not able to do anything on offense, 24-24 going into overtime. And both times, both games, Mahomes maybe wasn't the guy that won the game in the end. Yesterday was a fumble by Davis Mills, and, and Jeremy McKinnon was just able to take it in. But if you pulled that quarterback away, even with those great teams, they lose those games. If Case Keenum played for the Bills against Detroit or Cleveland or yesterday against Miami, the Bills lose those games. I think most of us would say absolutely they lose those games. The Chiefs lose both of their overtime contests against Malik Willis and Davis Mills. The Chiefs lose those games if Alex Smith is the quarterback like he was not that long ago. They are absolute difference makers in every sense of the word. They are unbelievable players. You're seeing it with Herbert now as well, where he's just putting a bad Chargers team on his back and deciding, nope, we're going to go win. We're going to do something spectacular. I think the Chargers are going to make the playoffs this year only because of him. Because of him, 
Austin Eckler and Mike Williams being back, but they are just not a good football team. But Herbert is such a difference maker at quarterback that he is going to will that team into a playoff spot. And then you have the Dolphins. Mike McDaniels, as I said, I think is as close to an offensive genius as you're going to get. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are some of the biggest game breakers in football. And then there's Tua. To me, he is just feeding the ball to clearly better players at their at their respective positions. He's getting the stats. He's getting the recognition because he is good enough. Again, he's not bad. If this was Gardner Minshew in there, I, they're not as good as they are. If this was Ryan Fitzpatrick, they're not as good as they are. But I don't think he can take the Dolphins to the next level. I do think he can hold them back. But I know for a fact Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, Burrow even, and Herbert can all take their teams to that next level. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll look a little bit at the New York Times playoff machine. Take a look at what the AFC playoff pitcher looks like. I think the Chargers can absolutely make the playoffs. The Raiders, not really, but the Patriots. They're that first team looking out. See what's going on there. We'll do that when we come back here on the Nightcap on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you. Joined now by Frank Arcuri, who's behind the board as he gets ready to produce the Sabres game, hanging out with me as well. I got to like come into the studio today, and I forgot like computers take forever to load, so I've been spending the last five minutes just trying to desperately get into the computers because I didn't bring my laptop. Don't worry, we're in. Hey, look at that. I know. Oh, it was, it was huge. Like the music started playing and <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, "Oh, we're in. Let's go." And I had to like log in really quick to the New York Times playoff predictor. But I do want to run through that just because I think we're, we're we're at a point now where I feel comfortable talking about that. How often have you been using the ESPN NFL playoff machine today? Two or three times every like 3 hours. Okay. Just because you... like because like, now I'm at a point where it's like, "Ooh, now like these percentages don't feel all right, why why are we doing that? Why are mm-hmm. we talking like we're week six, seven? Yeah. Like it, and you know, like it just came up. Now it's like, ooh, we've got three games until the playoffs. Like, and now now it gets a little exciting. I mean, like you're seeing the check marks of teams who like qualify for the playoffs, mm-hmm. which for the AFC is just two Bills and Chiefs, respectively. The Chiefs again, by the way, just they every year they just they win the AFC West. I think they've done it seven straight years. Yeah, and it just feels like at this point, like no matter how much we all want to like talk about them and like how like hey the chargers they might steal like it's it. it's crazy how it feels like the last what is it 12 years now mm-hmm. the only division winners out of the afc west has been the chiefs and broncos that's it that's, that's it. it and the broncos it was this finite little window it was, where it was when they got peyton manning it was, it was manning and that yeah. was it like outside of that the, Raider, the raiders yeah. are garbage yeah and they have been for years they'll have like a year where they make the playoffs but it's always second in the division yep. or last year they finished third yeah you got in and the then, Chargers. <laughs> and then you have the Chargers, who, I mean, they were good when we were growing up with, you know, LaDainian Tomlinson and, yeah. and Phil Rivers' early years. Yeah. But after that, they were a perennial disappointment. I mean, they, they had Rivers for all that time, but they were always just, it was good, but never good enough. Yeah. It, oh, and they so had that one, and then they had that one year where they had the best offense and defense mm-hmm. and still missed the playoffs because their special teams was awful. Just so frustrating. Yeah. This was updated last night at 11.34 p.m. So, of course, we have had no other games played. We'll, we'll, let's run through the AFC East first. Make the playoffs, the Bills, of course, as they've clinched it, 100%. Yep. The Dolphins at 61%. I did mention, Frank, a little bit before you came in that, like, for me, 
why I was so impressed with this Saturday's game was just because the Dolphins were a desperate team mm-hmm. that weren't sounding like a desperate team, but you lose two straight. You go from all of a sudden this conversation of Tua might be an MVP kind of guy. Miami might be a sneaky pick to win the, win the division and get the one seed. And now in three weeks, which is, is par for the course in the NFL, it has all gone up in smoke. Mm-hmm. And now, like they sit here with 61%. Eight and six. I mean, let, let, let's just run through their schedule real quick of what they got left. They've got Green Bay, I know, next week. And then they've got New England and the Jets. They've got two AFC East teams and the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay plays later tonight. They actually just cut Sammy Watkins earlier today. Which, I found that very interesting that they would do it before the game. That was my thing, too. It was like, it was like I, I don't want to say earliest in the morning. I got up super late today, so it was earliest for me. But I think it was right. like 11.30 in the morning, but... I also didn't realize like he has like 206 total yards this year. Yeah, he's also. I mean, he, I mean, big surprise. He's been hurt. Well, yeah, but, that's, that's that's been his story. Yeah, I mean, career. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's just where the Packers are at right now. Mm-hmm. I can understand why they wouldn't want him to end the year, but at that point, if they were thinking of cutting him, why? You know, yeah. did did they not get a trade offer for him? It might be that too, where like when the trade deadline passed, they were trying maybe to move him. Yeah, because now now they're going in full on Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson. Let's just throw out the young guys. Yep. with a mixture of you know Lazard and Cobb. Well, hey, I mean throwing Chris, Christian Watson out there hasn't hasn't been uh, that bad. He's been amazing I for the last dearly. like what four I, weeks. I feel so vindicated. I yeah. I wrote about Watson. I wanted the Bills to trade back in the first round to yep. grab him at the end of it, yep. like, and it didn't happen. It's fine, but he got hurt in camp. But now. Mm-hmm. I'm watching him play, and like I get a tear in my eye. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's my guy right there. Yeah. I just, why pick number nine as a receiver? Why do that? Why pick it's a weird the, number? Why pick the most aesthetically unpleasing number as a receiver? Yeah. Just so vile. But so the Dolphins is 61%. The Patriots, after their, what I can only call hmm. hysterical end to the Raiders game, they said 27% to make the playoffs. Yeah. They're... We're getting very far away from the last time the Patriots have won a playoff game. Oh my! Yeah, we are. We are getting very far away because the last playoff game they had was, of course, last year against the Bills. They get yep. blown out in Buffalo. Yep. The last Tom Brady playoff game that was the Titans, the Tennessee Titans, where that ended the final with the pick game six. is a pick six. Yeah. And now you're sitting there, you're thinking, you're like, oh my god, was their last playoff win a Super Bowl for Brady? And it, it was, or uh no, no, it was oh no. Now I got to look it up. Did they lose to the Chiefs? Maybe to um, when the Chiefs won their first Super Bowl. I don't believe they. That was that was the year. That was the that was Tennessee. Cam Newton. That was Tennessee. That was Tennessee. That was Tennessee. So then it would have been the year prior. Yeah, it might have been the Super it Bowl because the year prior was the was Allen's rookie year. Oh, it can't be. And that the was Rams that was Super Bowl. Was it? It might. It might have been. It literally might have been. This is phenomenal. Gonna, this is good. Look that up real quick. This I'm going to look phenomenal. this up right now. But like, I mean, so regardless of when the last playoff win was, it's been a few years now. Yeah, we're, we're comfortably into the Patriot or, or to the Tom Brady, you know, Tampa Bay Buck era. I guess like I mean that seems to be coming to an end as well. But we're comfortably in that now. They've drafted a new guy. Cam Newton was their quarterback for a year. Like we've gotten to a point where the Patriots are no longer that feared team in the playoffs. Like you don't really fear going to Foxborough in December. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, their last playoff win was the Super Bowl against, against the Rams. Rams. Yeah. Wow. We are getting very far away. That was 2018, 2019? Yeah, it took, the game was in 2019. Wow. So, so we're getting so almost four years. 19 seasons, the last time the Patriots yeah. have had a playoff we're win. About, we're about to hit four years. And they are they're under 30% to make the playoffs with three games left. Mm-hmm. They have to play the Bills in there. 
they have to play the Dolphins yep. in there. Yep. That's probably two losses. I mean, it may I'm very well be flat out, and they and they play the Bengals this week. That's three losses. That, they out. could they could literally lose all three. Of those They're going to be easily. seven and ten. Yeah, in Mac Jones' second year, mm-hmm. in which I don't think he's earned himself any new fans amongst Patriots f- fandom. Mm-hmm. And now, you, like you've got to sit here now if you're a Patriots fan, thinking, is when, Mac, when like, are is we Mac Jones back? the future? Yeah, like, when is... are we? When are we going to do this again? Because I, yeah. I mentioned it for the Dolphins, but you can put the Patriots in here as well because I think Mac Jones is just a worse version of Tua Tungavailoa. Mm-hmm. You're in a conference now with a loaded quarterback room. Mm-hmm. Allen's in your division. Yep. Tua is darn good enough with his stud weapons to really cause some headaches. Burrow, Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence to me has come on. He, he he like he is now part of that elite group where I'm like he terrifies the hell out of me. And then you have Mahomes and Herbert. And now you're sitting there going, that's uh, the playoff teams now. Like where 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 do we find ourselves? And that's that's the thing. Like Mac Jones, we all knew when he came out of Alabama was very high floor, and exceptionally low ceiling. And now that's what we're seeing. The Patriots, to me, there's nowhere to go here. There's no up here with Mac Jones. Number one, you have Matt Patricia at offense coordinator. That feels to me like an insult to, to NFL coaches everywhere. And you look around the rest of the AFC, and it's just, I, where are you supposed to go? What are you supposed to do here? It's just, it's a complete mess. And I couldn't be happier. And 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 yesterday actually felt like the culmination of the whole thing, of the Matt Patricia hire, of feeling like we're, we're just going to draft the next Tom Brady. We're, we're going to take Mac Jones because it's the same player. And yesterday, just a boneheaded play. Ramondre Stevenson, great draw run with no time left. He decides, screw it, I've ran like 35 yards. Maybe we can do something here. Gives it to Jacoby Myers. And Myers, and I and I can understand what Myers is probably thinking at that moment of, oh, crap, like we're doing this. Like we're, I, Now i got to make a play. I mean, that's essentially what he said is I was in that i got to make a play. Moment. Yeah, I can't fully blame him for – Having to do what he had to yeah, do. No, it's it was just, just more the throw. Yeah. Like, it was the fact that he threw it 30 yards behind him. Yeah. I, to, I would imagine he's throwing it to Mac Jones. Oh, he's, yeah. He said that he saw Mac Jones open. So he throws it to a guy who can't run, can't move. Yep. It's 30 yards behind him, so we got to gain all that back yep. with, with McCorkle. And Chandler Jones picks off and runs back. I, it's, it's the craziest end to a game I've ever seen. And it feels like the culmination of the whole Patriots season. Mm-hmm. Where it was just like everything you, you you thought you were being smarter than everybody. Is that a culmination of the whole Patriots season or the post Tom Brady era? Ooh, because now now you said that now I'm starting to like put that together of like it's been this constant smell of arrogance mm-hmm. from fans, from the coaching staff, from everybody. Of we're still the Patriots, the Patriot way is still a thing. And now, but then there's that, and now there's that, and and and, you and they had they've the had their moments this year oh, too. Yeah. Like they're they are seven and seven. Ramondre Stevenson is still a stud. Oh my god, he is still amazing. Yeah, Jacoby Myers is still one of those sneaky slot receivers where it's like, I wouldn't hate him on my roster. Yeah, say yeah, I feel that way too. And then so you get that high, and then it's yeah. just like you know them making the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it all just crashes down, like it just crumbled. like that one play, it just completely. Shatters everything. That is a good, I mean, that's a good way to put it too. Because I, like now, I'm remembering that playoff game, it was sort of this. Like I wasn't nervous as a Bills fan. I was far more nervous mm-hmm. of what happens after the wild card game. Mm-hmm. We had two to three bad performances in a row on offense. Defense got it done, and it was just like, this doesn't feel it. They're eleven and six. Like mm-hmm. they just doesn't feel like it. And then the perfect game happens. Yeah. But for the Patriots, it was probably the opposite feeling of, 
hey, we're back in the playoffs. Mac Jones is a rookie. He made the Pro Bowl, too. Yeah, we're back. And they get annihilated on national TV at night in Orchard Park. I think it was the standalone playoff game of that night, too, and they just are a, a destroyed. You're right. This is probably, like That play really does feel like the culmination of the entire post-Brady era, where it's just nothing is going right. They kind of want to have this feeling of, no, no, we're, we're, we're fine. We're good. Everything's fine. D- don't even look at us. And it's just, it's all gone downhill. Now, with that being said, they're the same playoff percentage for New York Times, at least, at 27% with the Jets. Now, the Jets, to me, just feels like a team that has just been ravaged by injuries at the worst position, which is quarterback. Mm-hmm. If Mike White doesn't get hurt, I really like the Jets' chances. Brees Hall, though, early in the, earlier in the season, tears his ACL. Yep. He, looked the, he looked like the most electric rookie running back of this class. And they just, they've run into a wall, and I, I feel terrible for Jets fans because they... I don't like Dolphins and Patriots fans. I dislike them strongly. I like I, I'm okay with Jets fans. They've gone through a lot. Super Bowl three was two lifetimes ago. Like <laughs> they've gone through a lot. But moving on to the AFC North, Browns and Steelers are all but dead. The Browns mm-hmm. now sit at a, at one percent to make the playoffs. Steelers are under one percent. Both of them are sitting at six and eight, and that's partially because you know the Bengals are ten and four. They're at ninety nine percent, and the Ravens are at nine and five. They're ninety eight percent. Then you go to well, actually, let's look at the make the division winners too. Bengals sixty one percent, Ravens thirty nine. I think that also matters for the Bengals as well. They lose that game to Buffalo. Let's say, I mean, I, I think they're going to beat New England this week, so they're sitting at eleven four. They fall to eleven and five. I could also see Cincinnati being this year's Bills, or, or last year's Bills, where they're like eleven and six ish, mm-hmm. maybe twelve and five, where mm-hmm. it's like they're not the one seed, but they're like the three two or whatever, and they just, I mean, I, to me, they're getting hot at the right time. Yeah, and they then, are playing really, really good football. And then you have Baltimore, who sits one game behind, and they're but obviously they don't have Lamar. They don't have so Lamar. That's that's the, that's going to end up being the biggest thing. Yeah, but they have the next two weeks. They have easier matchups. Mm-hmm. They have to play Atlanta this week and then Pittsburgh next week. That Pittsburgh game is going to be tough because it's an it's an just AFC North division. Game. Yeah, yeah, it's an AFC North game, so it's going to be. But I mean, they're the black and blue division. But those are still two very winnable games for them. Mm-hmm. And if they if they can win those two games, and you maybe get one since if they since he loses to Buffalo next week, then you're looking at it gets a little you're looking at now. Week 18 being for the division. And that's my thing too is I want as many teams as possible in the AFC to have to play their starters, to have to play yeah. feeling like playoff games. Yeah. To not necessarily take the pressure off of the Bills fans, but for me personally, like and this is a very personal thing. I don't want the Bills to play the wild card game, and I don't really want starters to play much Week 18. I think that's the thing too. They're, they're going to play some time. McDermott's been open about the fact that they'll probably at least play half, even if the yeah. ones he's locked up. Yeah. I just want to sit back and watch teams throw the kitchen sink mm-hmm. at a season, and just because to me that's it's the favorite part. Wild card weekend is the best weekend in, in the NFL because it's every team just saying screw it, let's see what happens. Yep. And it's and it's phenomenal. To the AFC South, this is a fun division. Sixty nine percent for the Titans to make the playoffs, sixty eight nice. to win the division, and it's partially because Jaguars six and eight, with They're Trevor right Lawrence coming on, they sit at thirty two percent, thirty one to win the division. It's only because the AFC South is the AFC South. I mean, yeah. there's no no team is really running away. As a football fan, I want Lawrence to get in the playoffs. Because to me, he is coming on. I think he's the next, you know, great young quarterback to come through. I think him and Justin Fields have taken that next step. Uh-huh. And just Lawrence has more offensive Absolutely. talent around him. I'm I'm with you there. I want I want the Jaguars to win the division too because I want to see just how 
Tennessee reacts and how much they just that feels burned like down that, because of and, it. And because the they, they 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 mm-hmm. would they would have blown the division at this point because they were with five and two at one point. They they it felt like they were going to comfortably win it. We were yeah. getting we were getting to a point on a lot of these shows on the station of hey, do we have to like apologize to the Tennessee Titans? Like they may not be flashy, but like they get the job done. Yeah. And now that now the job is not getting done, mm-hmm. and they're not flashy, and they're losing games. I will say this though. Jacksonville would immediately become the one team I don't want to play in the wild card round. Immediately they would become that team. Yeah. Now as the as a Bills fan, I'm thinking one seed. So I'm thinking we're not playing the wild card round. Sweet. Mm-hmm. But if I'm the Chiefs, please do not give me the Jaguars. Please do not give me the Jaguars. That team, if their quarterback starts, you know, hitting his ceiling, and you already have a coach in Doug Peterson who won a Super Bowl after his MVP caliber quarterback went out. Yep. They're going to play you want to feelingly with Nick Foles. I, that's the thing, though. They're they're going to play not necessarily with house money, but it will be such a drastic feeling change from last year with Urban Meyer mm-hmm. that it'll earn Doug Peterson so many more years, Trevor Lawrence that's, so many more years that they're like, hey, you know what? Let's just go out and have fun. It'll it'll be fun, like that's the fun part too. Mm-hmm. That's the fun part about about just about the Jags, like them coming on mm-hmm. this year and Trevor Lawrence taking that next step just shows how bad. Urban Meyer was. Oh, I mean, disaster. Disaster. Like, you don't need, all you need to see is look at last year and look at this year. That's it's a, it. Oh, it's so much that's fun. That's it. It's so much fun. And that's the thing, like the Jags to me, though, like they're like they're that team that I, like, no one want to play a lot like the 2017 Bills, where it's sort of the same thing. They back into the playoffs. Yeah. But no one really wanted to play them. Yeah. Because of how stingy that defense was, it was like, ugh, they could get you. Mm-hmm. For the Jaguars, it's different. It's now uh, flipped. It, it's like that that young quarterback, score. that stud, has come on. Yep. Zay Jones is all of a sudden an, an animal out yep. there. Three touchdowns over 100 yards against Dallas. Christian Kirk's had a really good year for Apparently them. is justifying that contract. Which, yeah. Uh, how dare you, <laughs> Christian? That was you ruined, the, you ruined the wide receiver market and then justified the contract. So, yeah. I mean, good on you, but yeah. also how dare you. <laughs> and it's just... Like to me, like that's kind of the interesting part with Tennessee too. Like, and you brought it up, like what happens afterwards? They will absolutely be a team that blows it up. Yeah, they're gonna have to. They might. They, and, I and don't they, know. And I, totally I can't will. be certain they will, but I they think just you gotta. Might. Like, you keep Vrabel. I think Vrabel's a great coach. Can't stand him. I think he's a great coach. Yeah, but done with Tannehill. You're already done with the GM. You fired him earlier. Mm-hmm. Do you look at a trade market for Derrick Henry? That's the question. Do you start that's really where... starting to move pieces off? Yeah. It's going to be interesting. And yeah. then the AFC West, real quick. The Chiefs, of course, already have locked up yep. the AFC West. The Chargers, however, sit at 80% to make the playoffs. Of course, they beat the Tennessee Titans, and yep. they beat the Miami Dolphins. They have hit two of their biggest wins of the year to put themselves now in an 8-6 and six record. See, they are so that's nailing the, it. That's the interesting part, too, like mm-hmm. with the wild card, because you, know, you look, if Jacksonville wins the division, they're the four seed. They mm-hmm. have to play whoever the number one wild card team is. Right now, that's Baltimore. That gives Baltimore's looking yeah. at that and thinking it, we have to win the division, oh, so we man. don't have to play Jacksonville. Thing, Cincinnati and Baltimore are going to Cincinnati, Baltimore, and the Chargers are going to be sitting there going, "Do we want to play Jacksonville? No, <laughs> yeah. please, no. Give us anybody else. It's going to be all. Oh, it's going to yeah, be amazing. The Chargers and, and, really, and Dolph, though, and then the Chargers and Dolphins themselves are trying are trying yeah. to to play the AFC North winner at this point too, because those two because oh, none if of the wild card teams eight, look easy at no, all. No. If that week eighteen game is for the division between Cincy and Baltimore, mm-hmm. they're gonna be they're gonna beat each other up. Oh, I love it! I love it! It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I this is why I don't want the Bills to play in the wild card weekend. Number one, there's not a single easy team of the of the wild card contenders, and yeah. number two, I just I want to I want to watch it with no fear at all. Yeah, We're gonna take a quick time out. When we come back. 
talk a little more football. The NFC hit a bit of a spin today with Jalen Hurts potentially being out with a strained shoulder, his non-throwing shoulder. We're also taking your calls at 803-0550. What was your biggest takeaway from the Bills' win over the Dolphins? 32-29. Josh Allen, 4 touchdown passes not a single one to receiver we'll do that and of course coming up in the next hour we'll flip things over to the sabers as they look to win four games in a row tates thompson again the nhl second star of the week just missing out to alexander ovechkin who did of course break 800 goals so i get it we'll do that and a whole lot more coming up on the nightcap this is wgr Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you, joined by Frank Arcuri behind the board. Quick final segment here as we get into the second hour tonight. It is an extended Nightcap as we get ready for Sabres pregame at 9 with Brian Koziel and Paul Hamilton. The Sabres taking on the Las Vegas Golden Knights. No Jack Eichel tonight, though. He's on IR. Uh, I believe Shea Theodore is not playing as well, Ooh. which is which is huge, though. Vegas did get Alex Petrangelo back mm-hmm. from his uh, from his leave, and he's you know he he didn't look good last season. He looks great. Yeah, he, he looks he looks very very good. So they get so they they have him back. So that's obviously huge for Vegas. But yeah, and then um, I saw too Mark Stone has uh, mm-hmm. battling an injury as well. So I don't know. Maybe it's up in the air. He even plays. I think tonight. I think he's up in the air, but leaning towards playing. Yeah, I mean that that's typical Mark Stone. I will say, Frank, are are we at a point now? I, I'm personally at it. I'm more asking to see if I'm the crazy one here. Okay. Are are you starting to stare at the standings after every game? Yes. Okay. Good. I'm I'm, I'm looking. Five points seems to be the number. Yep. They're four points behind Washington, who is right outside the wild card with mm-hmm. two games in hand. They're five out from the Islanders with one game in hand, and they are annihilating the Carolina Hurricanes in goal difference. And it just it, like to me, all the signs point to the Sabers really are going to be in a playoff push here. For the yep. second half of the season. Yep. To me, that's what it feels like. Even with the shaky goaltending, it does feel like just the scoring prowess. And the fact that we can have an, we can have a conversation here, Frank. Tage Thompson entered the heart conversation. He he's going to have like a, a Taylor Hall. Yeah, he, he's going to have to. But he could have a Taylor Hall type year where maybe he doesn't lead the league in points. Mm-hmm. But because he wills, you know, wills, I'm, I'm putting that in parentheses because there's a lot of talent on the Sabres team. There, yeah. I mean, there really is. But if, if he puts up 115, 120 points, which I well, you know, that's a lot that's to a, ask that's a for. Lot. But but if he's triple digits and the team and the team sneaks into a wild card, he's got to be the heart. He's got to be. He's got to be in that in that candidacy at the very least. Like at, at the, the very, very least, least, top three. Yeah, just be nominated. I think for my it. thing is if the Sabers make the playoffs, three things have to happen. One, Granado has to win Jack Adams. Yes, has to. Yes. Then the other two are. Thompson has to be in the conversation for the heart. He might even be the co- in the conversation for the Rocket. Oh, I think it's going to be him and Robertson. Like, the rest of the year, it's going to be him and Robertson yeah. in Dallas. I, like, it, to me, that that's just what it... Like, Austin Matthews, in, in the calendar year, lost the goal record to Robertson. He has been on a tear. And this is... Austin Matthews had 60 last year. Right now... But in a calendar year, Robertson out of Dallas beats him. Right now, McDavid is at 28. Mm-hmm. Thompson's at 25, Robertson's at 23. Mm. And then McDavid's obviously running away with the Art Ross. He's McDavid, you know. McDavid also. But is, I mean, like, Thompson's he's, there, he's too. He's decided to shoot a lot this year. Yeah, and it's working. It's, it's <laughs> very McDavid's much working. at 62 points, Dry Saddle's at 54, and mm-hmm. then Thompson's third with 49. He's there. Man, he is, he is he's absolutely right there. there. But my, my third thing, and this is also a definitive one, if they make the playoffs, I think Donnelly takes home the Norris. 
that one to me feels far more secure if they win the if they make the playoffs that he it's takes certainly, on the Trophy. It certainly can happen. Mm-hmm. So exciting! It, I, I'm so happy. Like I'm, I'm sitting here talking about the Sabers, and it's not a pipe dream, but like it actually feels like you know tonight's game against Vegas with their injuries feels massive because it would be a four game win streak if they can pull this off. Mm-hmm. Yes, against the Western Con- you Conference sweep, team, you but... sweep the three the, the road trip as well, mm-hmm. beating you sweep Arizona the road and trip. Colorado already. And that's the thing too, Arizona. You beat a team that years ago, even with the talent, you would have lost to. Yep. Because you beat Colorado, yep. and you would have shot all your bullets, and you show up to Arizona in a college and you rink, lay a dud. And you laid a dud. Yep. That Instead, was, they go out there. It's a tough game. They that had, was they the had, Sabres over the last six years. Yep. But they had Arizona's goaltender standing on his head, making yep. save after save after save. Yep. Doesn't matter. You willed that win out. It's yep. phenomenal. They look for the for the sweep of the West Coast trip they've got going on now. Later tonight, we are going to take another quick timeout. When we come back, we'll flip over back to football. We'll look a little bit at the NFC. Jalen Hurts potentially out for the next few weeks with a strained shoulder. And, of course, we'll jump back to hockey as we do get ready for Sabres pregame at 9 p.m. This is the Nightcap, and this is WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.